You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's covering everything about Nick's upcoming season of The Bachelor. Now the man with all your spoilers and behind-the-scenes juice in Bachelor Nation. Here's Reality Steve. Hello out there in reality TV land. Thank you for tuning in to podcast number five. I'm your host, Reality Steve, coming to you live from my desk. Actually, it's not live. I'm actually taping this on Friday, December 30th. You are hearing it Monday, January 2nd, the day of Nick's premiere. Doesn't it seem like three and a half months ago when Bachelor in Paradise ended, it seemed like this was so far away? This date that we're at right now. And here we are for Nick's season, the 21st season of The Bachelor. This is the 33rd season overall. That's mind-boggling to me. We've had 12 Bachelorettes and now 21 Bachelors. There were three seasons of Bachelor Pad. There have been three seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. And there will be a fourth season of Bachelor in Paradise this summer. For those of you who didn't even know I had a podcast because you tuned out from the second Bachelor in Paradise ended and you are just coming to the site today, welcome back. I appreciate it. And you have four podcasts to catch up on, so go. No, if you haven't been um, well-versed in what's going on in Reality Steve land, did start a podcast early last month. I've done four podcasts. The first one was just an intro to me. And a little bit of background on me and the site and spoiling in and of itself. The second podcast was a Bachelor bio breakdown where I had a little fun at the expense of the bios that were released on ABC.com of all 30 of Nick's women. The third podcast was me just talking about, oh, you know, this and that. Honestly, I'm drawing a blank of what the third podcast was about. What did I talk about in the third podcast? Oh, I think I talked about uh, spoilers, and we talked about the show, uh, a little Josh and Amanda talk, stuff like that. And the fourth podcast was where I did listener calls, where, you know, I had done the first three where it was just me talking and filling you in on a lot of stuff. Well, the fourth podcast that got released last Monday, I took some calls from the listeners in regards to... Just getting your thoughts on things. And I didn't want to say where you call in and you ask one question and then I answer it for five minutes. I wanted more of a conversation type of conversation, uh, a back and forth, so to speak. We had Kelly from D.C., we had Abby Draper, and we also had Lisa from Connecticut. Those were three uh, interesting phone calls if you want to go back and listen to those. But yeah, you've got four podcasts to catch up to. If not, Hey, fine by me. But if you do want to listen to the podcast and you're new, you just realized that uh, I have one because you came back to the site today after taking three months off, that's fine as well. If you get the time, please subscribe in iTunes, rate and review. That'd be great for the podcast and hope you enjoyed them. But this one is going to be pretty straightforward. Obviously, I released the episode by episode spoilers today. I'm going to do it in kind of a verbal form, almost like spoilers on tape uh, for those that maybe don't want to go through all the pages and just want a me to tell you the spoilers uh, from this season. So uh, 
I'm going to go through it episode by episode. I'm not going to be as detailed as you have seen on the site. If you haven't read the site, go, and go to the site and check out the episode by episode spoilers. But these will be less detailed. It's just kind of me skimming through it, giving you some highlights of each episode. So we start in episode one, obviously, it was at the mansion. It was on September 24th. And this is what you're going to see in tonight's episode. Nine of the girls, excuse me, ten of the girls had intro videos. You had Rachel, the two Danielles, Vanessa, Josephine, Raven, Corinne, Alexis, Taylor, and Liz, who is Jade's, who was Jade's maid of honor at her and Tanner's wedding that uh, has a past with Nick because they had sex the night of Tanner and Jade's wedding, which becomes a storyline in tonight's episode, uh, in episode one. So... I don't think we've ever had 10 intro videos, but because of the premiere last night, the Countdown to Nick show, where they showed all of them already, so you've basically already seen all the intros, um, it includes all four Final Four girls. We obviously know who the winner is, and includes Vanessa, but you know it's also got Corinne and Raven and Rachel in there, so... You know, what are your thoughts on what you saw last night in their intro videos? Obviously, it's a one-minute clip of them. There's not a whole hell of a lot to tell, but it served its purpose. I think the, I think they set up the Liz story uh, about as well as they could with hers. In terms of the limo entrances, they're really, you know, we all know that they're cheesy. They're all very produced, and they're told pretty much what to do. Some come in with ideas that they get to use, some basically get shot down. But there weren't really too many crazy off-the-wall entrances. You had Lacey comes in on a camel because she said she heard Nick likes to hump on the first date, which is just corny. You have... What's her face? Um, Why am I completely drawing a blank on the other one? Oh, Alexis, shark girl. Even though the whole night... (laughs) She keeps getting made fun of because she has on a shark costume, but she keeps wanting to call herself a dolphin because she wants to be a dolphin trainer. And she even jumps in the pool tonight, and you see her making, hear her, excuse me, hear her making dolphin sounds in the pool with her costume on. She wears it the whole night and kind of is the night drunk, although she doesn't do anything stupid when she's drunk. You can just tell she's very much slurring her speech. She doesn't fall over anything or trip over anything. She just acts really silly, which is, I guess is better than past drunks on the first night who have ranged from saying that their eggs are rotting and they need to get pregnant soon to guys like um, who was uh, McDill uh, from from Caitlin's season who went into the voting area and was chucking his rose and all that stuff. So, yeah. You, Alexis is entertaining tonight. You will, uh, you'll, you'll see that. But in terms of once the cocktail party started, it was pretty standard. I mean, Alexis was the drunk of the first episode, but not a whole hell of a lot went on with her other than her making dolphin sounds. And there wasn't a ton of drama uh, in this episode compared to past first episodes. The two biggest things you could take from this episode were the fact that he gave the first impression rose to Rachel, uh, a black girl, which has never happened in the history of the show, Bachelor or Bachelorette. 
But I think the first episode really centers around this relationship that he had with Liz. I shouldn't even call it a relationship. It was a one-night stand that they had the night of Tanner and Jade's wedding. And Liz comes out of the limo. Nick looks at her. They look at each other. They talk to each other. She never says her name. When she walks away, Nick has this look on his face like she looks familiar. Chris Harrison comes up, asks him, that girl that you just saw, you have a weird look on your face. He's like, yeah, I think I know her. So that escalates, and then Nick pulls her aside at the cocktail party, and they have just a very, very awkward conversation, pretty much a conversation you would expect from two people who had sex nine months ago and then never spoke again. That's exactly what you're getting with Nick and Liz's conversation at the cocktail party tonight. You'll see. It's uh, it's very uncomfortable. In the spoilers, you see I have a breakdown of I actually transcribed the whole conversation. I don't know if it translates as well in a transcription, but we'll see. You'll watch the episode. And you'll see how it came out. Um, in terms of the rose ceremony, rose ceremony eliminations in episode one, there are two Jasmines this season, Jasmine Good and Jasmine Brown. Jasmine Brown goes home tonight. Olivia Burnett, Lauren Hussey, Ida Marie, Brianna Gertler, Susanna Milan, Michelle Ramkasun, and Angela Amezqua. Those are your eight that go home tonight. So 22 move on to episode two. This is where the dates start. The first date was a group date, a brides and bridesmaids photo shoot. The biggest issue or the biggest drama to come out of this particular group date is the fact that Corinne in her photo shoot, took off her top, put Nick's hands on her breasts, and everyone kind of was like, okay, whoa. When you do that, you're essentially putting a target on your back and declaring yourself this season's villain. And that's exactly what Corinne did. And Nick didn't seem to mind since he gives her the group date rose on that group date. So Corinne gets it, and it's kind of awkward because... She's known the guy for a day or two, and she's already putting his hands on her naked breasts. As for the one-on-one, which was spoiled the day it happened back on September 27th, that was with Danielle Maltby. They went to, on a boat down in Newport Beach, then went to the Balboa Fun Zone. She obviously ends up getting the rose and continuing on. The second group date in Episode 2 was the... Museum of Broken Relationships, where six girls went to a museum in front of a live audience. They had to break up with Nick, which is basically the same exact thing that they did for JoJo season, except instead of breaking up, remember on JoJo season, the guys had to find different and creative ways to propose to JoJo. So same exact idea, just the complete opposite of what they had to do. In the promos for this season, you've already seen one of the trailers you know, Josephine is the one that slaps him across the face. Of course, when they run the promo at the beginning of the season, if you're unspoiled, you're thinking, oh, my God, Nick got slapped by one of the girls. It's going to be such a great season. It's the same old crap. It's a promo. They're obviously teasing something that isn't what it's made out to be. The bottom line is, in Josephine's breakup with Nick during the group date uh, at the Museum of Broken Relationships, she slaps him across the face as part of her breakup. That's what it is. It's nothing. It's, I mean, I, I want to tell people to just kind of use their brains sometimes because that would be assault. She would be arrested if you, you know, he could get her arrested for assault. I mean, when have we ever seen a real slap on this show? Never. I remember Chantal slapped Brad out of the limo, but that was like playful. Same thing with Josephine, but um, 
during this group date, uh, Nick and Liz have their breakup, and it's just kind of awkward because Liz and Nick did have somewhat of a, they do have somewhat of a past, and apparently it it does get awkward. Uh, Liz had confides confides in Kristen at some point during this episode that uh, she had met Nick at Jaden Tanner's wedding, left out the part about the sex. Um, This comes to a head. Nick pulls Liz aside during this date and just, he ends it, and Liz goes home. As for the cocktail party slash rose ceremony, a a, a running theme that you're going to see this season is Corinne cannot, I guess, hold her alcohol. She drinks a lot, and at a lot of the cocktail parties, she is passed out from drinking and had to be woken up for so she could stand there at a rose ceremony. However, in episode two, she does not attend the rose ceremony because she is passed out on the couch. Now, remember, Corinne got the group date rose on the brides and bridesmaid photo shoot, so she was safe. That's probably why they let her sleep and let her stay passed out because she wasn't going anywhere. She already had a rose. If she didn't have a rose, she would have showed up for the rose ceremony. They would have woken her up. But I'm telling you right now, you can expect... I'm curious to see what they're going to show this season because Corinne apparently at pretty much every cocktail party was passed out. And they had to wake her up so she could stand there for a rose ceremony and receive a rose, which she kept getting all the way to the final four. So uh, in episode two, your rose ceremony eliminations, Elizabeth Whitelaw, Lacey Mark, the girl who came in with the camel, and Haley Merkt are eliminated... Liz Sandoz was eliminated during the episode. So then we move on to episode three. There is the Backstreet Boys group date, which was spoiled at the time it was happening. We know that um, Katrina, Jasmine, Whitney, Danielle, L, Taylor, Corinne, and Kristen were on that date. You all saw pictures of that night. If not, they're in today's column. Go check it out. And Danielle L ends up getting the group date rose, but that night at the after party, as you saw Corinne, you'll see Corinne in her intro video. You saw it last night. She does mention the fact that she has a nanny. She brings it up to all the girls, and um, the girls don't really take too well to that. And that they start confronting her uh, about that, like why she's bragging about the fact that she has a nanny and stuff like that. But Danielle L. ends up getting the group date rose on the Backstreet Boys group date. So we move on to the one-on-one in episode three. That's with Vanessa Grimaldi. It's the zero gravity date where they're suspended in a um, space shuttle type thing and they're floating around and kissing each other. And obviously Vanessa gets the rose there. The group date for episode three, the second group date is seven girls competing in track and field with... Former Olympians Carl Lewis, Allison Felix, and Michelle Carter. They do track and field events. Rachel ends up getting the group date rose on this one. Dominique was sent home during the after party. And I think because it had to do with drinking. I think she was a little bit inebriated or something along those lines. I'm not quite sure. But um, there at the cocktail party for episode three... Um, again, Corinne's nanny stuff coming to the forefront. Girls are wanting to talk about it, confront her about it, and it's just causing more and more drama. But in episode three, we already know Josephine went home. Brittany Farrar and Kristen Whitney are sent home in episode three. So episode four, we begin traveling, and that's where they went to Wisconsin. 
and I mentioned in today's column as well, in the spoilers, episode four was supposed to be in South Carolina, but Hurricane Matthew was bearing down at the time, and they had to make last-second changes and move everything to Wisconsin. And the first one-on-one date was Danielle Lowe, Lombard, with Nick, and that was a performance at the Pabst Theater by musician Chris Lane. And it's interesting, during the day portion of their date, this is something that I revealed today in the spoilers that I had not released up to this point, which was during the day portion of their date, basically all the girls, all 15 girls, you know, are walking around Milwaukee, which there were pictures of. They're walking around downtown. Nick shows up, says, one of you has a date, starts right now. The rest of you essentially go back to the hotel, and that's where he is with Danielle Lombard, and he runs into, and I say runs into very loosely, his ex-girlfriend. Her name is Amber Allen. She's at the Steaming Cup. The three of them talk. It's pretty pointless considering it's not like Amber wants Nick anymore. It's not like she was the girl that he was just dating before the season started. This girl's married with two kids. Like It's so stupid. Uh, Nick told the show to contact her. They contacted her. She agreed to do it. Just dumb. But I guess my thinking is, my thinking as to what the producers were thinking was, holy crap, we have to plan this Wisconsin episode. We have to throw it together rather quickly because they thought they were going to South Carolina and they probably had stuff set up out there. So I guess to incorporate some drama into this episode, they're like, well, Nick, can we uh, get one of your ex-girlfriends or whatever? And that's essentially what they did. And Nick... His date, Danielle, and his ex-girlfriend, Amber, have a run-in at the coffee shop. They talk and whatever. But nothing obviously comes of it. Amber is is a married woman with two kids. You can clearly see that on her Facebook page, which I linked to in today's column. So then they go on to the concert, Nick and Danielle. And this is the one that, again, the night of the concert, I was tweeting and giving you live updates and giving you videos and pictures from the concert once it was over. And... uh Danielle had a very low-cut top on that night, and when they were up on stage dancing, she could not do anything to prevent her breasts from coming out of her top, and it was visible to everybody that was there. Everyone there was telling her her breasts were coming out, and she was kind of giggling and kind of covering it up, but kind of not. So from what I heard, it's going to be very hard to not it's going to be very hard to show the portion of the date where Nick and Danielle are dancing on stage because she was constantly coming out of her top. And I don't, it's just, they're going to have to cover it up somehow. And, but obviously Danielle uh, got the rose there. The group date was 13 of the girls went to a dairy farm. They did, you know, farm stuff, milked a cow, rolled some cheese down a hill. And uh, Christina ended up getting the, group date rose on this one, but from everything that I've heard, this is where I guess during the after party, Vanessa had gone to Nick and told and kind of warned Nick about Danielle Lombard being fake, which was at the time apparently very suspicious because up to that point, Danielle and Vanessa were friends and were close in the house and, and whatnot. And this became uh, an issue. And this is where we might be seeing Vanessa's edit not so favorably because she is now using her time with Nick to talk to him 
about other girls, and we know that usually is never a good idea. However, knowing the end result of this show, that Nick and Vanessa are engaged, he obviously took Vanessa's side on this one. And then the other one-on-one date in Wisconsin, which was one that, um, again, I was spoiling as it was happening, was Nick and Raven at the skating rink. First, they went and go went to go watch Nick and his younger sister Bella at her soccer practice. Bella's team came to the skating rink. Nick and Raven were there. They skated around. They slow skated. They did the train, and it was about as cheesy as you can get. And basically, the a date you would expect for something that was planned with probably four or five days notice maybe when they realized they weren't going to South Carolina. I mean, that's why two of the dates were a dairy farm and <laughs> roller skating. So, yeah, that was um that was interesting. And then at the cocktail party, this is where we start getting the Corinne and Taylor feud because Taylor and Corinne have a few words. Taylor calls her emotionally uh, unintelligent, which basically is calling someone stupid. Um, and Corinne, obviously, not a big fan of it. I guess this is one of the cocktail parties where she wasn't passed out. But knowing that they had a two-on-one the next episode, obviously the show is going to show this because they need to set up why these two are going on a two-on-one. And uh, at that rose ceremony in Wisconsin, Astrid, Locke, and Sarah Vendel go home. So from Wisconsin, we head on to New Orleans, Louisiana. Rachel Lindsay has the first one-on-one date. Pictures and videos from that one were happening as it was happening. That was the day that I also told you who Rachel Lindsay was. Uh, she was a girl that I had had for about seven or ten days at that point, but hadn't released her yet because no pictures had gotten out. She gets the one-on-one. Figured that was a good time to let everybody know who she was. She obviously uh, got the rose on that date. The group date was at a plantation that was supposed to be haunted. Uh, it wasn't, but they made it seem like it was. Ten of the girls go on the date. They do girl things where you're staying at a haunted house. They told ghost stories. They played with a Ouija board. My question is, and I don't think this happened, but when you do that, when the girls have like a slow, oh, by the way, they did stay overnight in sleeping bags at the place. When you do that, when, when, when girls that age or maybe a little bit younger, I guess, isn't that where they like freeze their bras and they put it in the refrigerator and do all that thing or they talk about, increasing their bus size or isn't that that done when girls have slumber parties? I don't know. I can't really say I've attended many girls slumber parties in my life, but that's what I hear. I did have a, I do have a sister. So, um, Danielle Maltby got the group date rose on that one. So then we go to move on to the Taylor and Corinne two on one. And he gives it to Corinne over Taylor. And obviously Taylor is not happy. She ends up coming back later on. Uh, at the end of the night to kind of lay into Nick and tell him how she feels about Corinne. And Corinne just felt like she was being bullied by Taylor because Taylor essentially, I guess she thought, talked down to her. It'll be drama. Um, But did it change anything? No. Taylor ends up going home. Corinne ends up staying. Nick canceled the cocktail party at that rose ceremony. Jamie King, Josephine Tutman, and Alexis Waters went home in New Orleans, along with Taylor, who was eliminated on the two-on-one. So from there, they go to St. Thomas, and Christina Schulman has her first one-on-one date of the season. And they went to the Annenberg Ruins. I gave you some pictures of that today, which I had not released uh, until today. 
Christina got the rose on that date. Then there was the group date, which is the three-on-three volleyball match. Rachel, Corinne, and Raven against Jasmine, Danielle, and Vanessa. And Rachel, Corinne, and Raven end up coming out on top. They think that they are going to get extra time with Nick while the losing team goes home. However, because Vanessa was on the losing team and Vanessa was crying along with Jasmine and Danielle, Nick felt sorry for the losing team and didn't want to send Vanessa or the losing team home. And so he kept them. And the six of them had a night portion of the date. During that night portion of the date, uh, he eliminates Jasmine, I guess, you know, just not no connection, not feeling it. At that point, when you look at it, you know, nine girls went to St. Thomas. And once Christina got her one-on-one date of all the girls left, nobody had had a one-on-one or a two-on-one. Everybody, or excuse me, everybody had left had had a, a one-on-one or a two-on-one. Rachel had had a one-on-one. Corinne had had a two-on-one. Raven had just had her one-on-one. Maltby, Daniel Maltby had her one-on-one. Obviously, Vanessa had her one-on-one. Jasmine was the only one that had been on nothing but group dates. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. She probably wasn't happy. He sent her home that night. And for some reason, she just decided out the door to throw a little FU his way and tells him she slept with one of his friends in the past. I don't know how long ago it was. I don't know at what point this happened, but... She mentions to Nick that she slept with one of his friends as kind of an F you. So I guess good on Jasmine. <laughs> hey, talk about going out with a bang. Uh, certainly, literally went out with a bang. And then they have the two on one with Danielle Lombard and Whitney Fransway. They take a helicopter to a private island. So, you know, whoever was getting eliminated was going to get left on an island. And surely enough, Whitney Fransway gets left on the private island to join the ranks of Casey and Kelsey and Ashley Iconetti and Olivia and Peyton back in the day on Andy Baldwin season where she got left on an aircraft carrier. Um, yeah, it's just one of these things where it's such for TV and I just... I, I get the effect that they're trying to go for, but I mean, come on. We've been watching the show for years. We know that they're, they're not left on an island. Literally, when the camera finally stops rolling, someone comes and picks Whitney up. She's not walking anywhere. She's not stranded there for hours and hours and hours. They probably circle her, make her, she's probably standing there crying, and then once the shot is over, they pick her up and they take her home. Um, Danielle Lombard obviously moves on to the night portion, and during dinner, she tells Nick she loves him. He doesn't reciprocate, doesn't feel the same way she does, or not as strongly as she does, and he ends up sending Danielle home. So we've got three girls who have been eliminated in St. Thomas at this point, and at the rose ceremony, oh, excuse me, before we get to the rose ceremony, when Nick comes back from his two-on-one date where he's eliminated both Danielle Lombard and Whitney, Corinne comes knocking on his door. Shocker. Uh, Basically to try and hook up with him, get a little nookie time, and it doesn't work. And just, I guess they just end up talking, but it, you know, nothing comes of it. And at the rose ceremony, this is the one where, you know, every season there's always the lead at some point just hitting their 
rock bottom and during filming, like, am I going to find anybody and crying and what's going to happen? Is this process really working for me? I, I'm just, I'm so struggling with everything. And this is the one because he doesn't send anybody home. Um, but apparently he makes it known at the rose ceremony that uh, just, he wasn't happy how things wound up. He really liked, you know, Whitney and, and Danielle, and he's heartbroken, and is this for me? You know, same old stuff. It's nothing new that we haven't already seen. So from St. Thomas, they go on to Bimini in the Bahamas, and we have three one-on-one dates and a group date. The first one-on-one date is with Vanessa. We've seen short clips of that all throughout the trailers of them just going at it on a boat, uh, going at it in a sexual way, not fighting or anything like that. Um, The group issue, obviously, uh, well, when we get to the episode before hometowns, which is what this is, there's only six girls left. We know that on the solo dates, there's no roses up for grabs. It's just on the group date. And whoever gets it on the group date, obviously is set for a hometown. Vanessa has her one-on-one, then the group date with Christina, Raven and Corinne. Raven ends up getting the group date rose. Obviously guarantees her a hometown date, then gets a, a private concert with uh, Adam Friedman is the guy, Nick and, and Nick and Raven get a little concert. And, you know, that's the last group date rose of the season. And it's, it, it is very interesting because I'm sure you haven't memorized all the group date roses that were given out this season, but it is interesting to note that Vanessa, the girl that Nick is engaged to, was never given a group date rose. Off the top of my head, I, I, I want to say maybe Catherine, that happened to Catherine during Sean's season, but... It's very rare that that happens on this show, that the girl who ends up winning never got singled out during a group date to get a rose and was safe. So it doesn't obviously mean anything because he ended up picking her in the end. Uh, it just is interesting to note because it usually happens. Um, Danielle Maltby has a one-on-one in Bimini, and he sends her home. And uh, from what I hear, this is a girl that really was into Nick and thought that she could win and thought that they had a future together and um, took it pretty hard. Apparently Rachel Lindsay obviously gets a, or not obviously, but she gets the other one-on-one in Bimini where they go to a dive bar and have drinks and whatnot. So now one major thing that happens in Bimini is what I'm going to refer to this season as the blow up in Bimini. And that takes place between Rachel and Vanessa. Sometime during Bimini, I'm assuming it's during the group date, because during the group date, Rachel and Vanessa, and at the time Danielle, before she got eliminated, would have been at the hotel together. But they have at it. And I'm not sure the details surrounding it. I just know it's the big fight of the season. As we're down to six girls, tensions are running high. It got very heated. All I do know is that most of the girls sided with Rachel because Vanessa just wasn't the most popular in the house. Like, again, I, I don't shoot the messenger. I've already seen the Vanessa crazies on Twitter at me, you know, saying that, oh, the other girls must have been jealous of her. Look, I I'm sorry to tell you, she wasn't the most well-liked. Does that mean she's a horrible person and a horrible human being and will never be a good wife to anybody in her life? No. All I'm saying is on this show, when there were 30 girls chosen at random by a casting department, Vanessa wasn't well-liked by the other girls in the house. Period. End of story. It doesn't mean anything else other than that. 
So let's, Vanessa fans, I'm sure you're out there, and I'm sure you're going to love her, and when they get engaged at the end, you're probably going to have tears streaming down your eyes. All I'm telling you is that she wasn't the most well-liked on the show, and that's, take it for what it is, her and Rachel have a pretty big blow-up in in Bimini, and the girls really aren't on Vanessa's side. So we will see how it plays out. We will see how bad of a fight this is, but uh, expect that in Bimini. At this point, there's five girls left. Four of them are getting a hometown date. Raven is already secure with one because she got the group date rose. And Nick, before the rose ceremony, apparently goes to where the girls are staying and asks to see Christina, pulls her aside, and lets her go before the rose ceremony. And so for the second consecutive episode, not only did Raven get a group date rose, or yeah, for the second consecutive episode, It'd be great if I could speak English sometimes. For the second consecutive episode, Raven got a group date rose, and there was no rose ceremony where someone was eliminated. Um, So at that point, after he lets Christina go, you got four girls for hometown dates. Corinne, Rachel, Raven, and Vanessa. They head to Lapland, Finland, which... Oh, sorry. um, Let me back up. At the Final Four Rose Ceremony, which took place at the William Vale Hotel in New York, Andy shows up to talk to Nick. And you can just see it right now. They are going to promote this for people that are unspoiled. You can already, I can already see the visual. They're going to they're show a girl walking down the hallway. You're going to see uh, legs and stilettos. And they're going to hype it up like Andy wants Nick back or Andy's going to come on and compete. When you just, you, If you really thought about it, they're not going to let someone enter the show when it's down to four girls. It's so stupid. It's never going to happen. So even if Andy even if Andy had a 180 and wanted Nick back in her life and wanted a chance at Nick, they would never let her show up with four girls left. Let's just let's use our brains. But I guarantee the show is going to make it seem like Andy's coming on to compete for him when all she does is, you know, give him a pep talk and whatnot. Um, so then he eliminates Corinne. So we're down to the final three, Rachel, Raven, and Vanessa. They go to Lapland, Finland, which was basically snowing the whole time. It was cold. Rachel is the one that gets eliminated at final three. We have our finale of Raven versus Vanessa. You know, a couple weeks before the finale aired, to be exact, it was November 10th. So actually, it wasn't a couple weeks. It was uh, nine days before the finale uh, aired when I had released Vanessa as a contestant and told everybody she's in the final four along with Corinne, since I had earlier done Rachel and Raven, I said everything, from everything that I was hearing that he's going to pick Vanessa. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, we get to the point, we get to this point every season. Obviously, I wrote about it in my column today, but I'll reiterate it to you guys who are listening to me that, you know, what I do is based on what people tell me. I'm only as good as my sources. I've said that since day one. I don't see anything with my own two eyes. I'm not witnessing anything outside of Andy and Marcus's hometown date, which took place in Dallas. I've never seen any filming of this show taking place with my own two eyes. Yet, for seven years, I've given you correct spoilers. So, because I don't get it firsthand, it doesn't mean, obviously, it can't come true, because... How many spoilers have been right over the last seven years? So, you know, what I'm going to say is pretty much what I say every season. This is not a prediction. This is not a guess. 
this is what I've been told, and this is what happens. Nick is engaged to Vanessa. And yes, have I been wrong in the past? Sure. And if you want to hang your hat on something I was wrong about three years ago, it's fine. Um, but just know that this season isn't going to be like that season. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is at this point. Um, I, I knew I was going to have a lot of great sources going into this season and they, and they came through for me and, um, they're going to make it seem like Nick leaves, leaves alone. I'm sure it's when they start promoting that St. Thomas episode where he melts down at the rose ceremony and just cries and makes it, you know, doesn't, eliminate anybody at the rose ceremony. Uh, I, they're going to make it seem like it's not Vanessa. They kind of do it every season. They want you, they want to trick the audience into thinking something else, or he's picking this girl or he's leaving alone, or is he there? Is he ever going to find love and all this stuff? But you know, through all of that, it's background noise. The bottom line is Nick got engaged to Vanessa on November 18th in Lapland, Finland. Um, they are still engaged right now. Am I hearing the greatest things coming from, uh, the Nick and Vanessa engagement? No, I'm not. And I think a lot from what I'm hearing has to do with logistics. Uh, I hear Vanessa is very connected to Canada and not wanting to leave, which is kind of weird. I mean, I guess Nick could try and convince her to leave. I mean, Nick's not moving to Canada. Nick is a model slash host slash actor in LA and this is what he wants to do. So he's not moving to Canada and from all accounts, she wants to stay there and raise a family there and be there and not. So it, it is kind of curious because you're just like, well, I, at, at some point did Nick talk to her about this during filming? Like, Hey, if this continues past this show, where do you want to live? Where do you want to stay? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not hearing good things. And um, it's plenty of time. Obviously, things could possibly change. Regardless of the Vanessa situation and what I just told you in terms of what I'm hearing, the bottom line is from the get-go, I've always said this about Nick going into this season, Nick did not want to really get engaged at the end of this thing. He doesn't want to be married right now. He doesn't want to be engaged right now. This is a personal branding kind of, uh, what's the best way to put it? He's he's out to promote his brand, which doesn't make him any different than anybody else who has been the lead of this show. They know the opportunities that can come from being the lead on this show, and Nick is no different. I'm not saying that he's any worse or any better than past leads. I'm just saying that he's doing it, and now being the fourth time on this show, it's getting a little bit stale uh, with him. But he he did this show to be the lead, get paid, get a vacation, have girls pining over him. He's obviously going to be a candidate for Dancing with the Stars. We won't know until March if, if he's going to be on next season. But he's obviously a serious candidate now, having been a lead on The Bachelor, which they've taken, what, four Bachelor leads in the past and made them put them on Dancing with the Stars? Or just three? Jake, Sean, Chris Souls. Those are the only three. Am I missing one? I know Trista was a lead on The Bachelorette. She was on the first season of Dance with the Stars, and then we had Melissa Rycroft. So five from this franchise off the top of my head. I could be forgetting one, but I, I think that's the five from this franchise that have been on it. So, so like I said, regardless of the Vanessa stuff, it all comes down to Nick. And from everything that I've been told, everything I know about him, 
from some very, very good sources. This had nothing to do with him finding a wife and getting engaged. That's just part of the show. He's going to go along with it. How long he's going to go along with it, I don't know. But the bottom line is I don't think Nick and Vanessa are long for a relationship, and that will end probably not probably fairly soon. But to to sit here and pinpoint how many months do you think they're going to last? I mean, I don't know. I just know Nick is not getting married uh, to Vanessa. I can tell you that right now. And it's, again, you say, well, you said JoJo and Jordan wouldn't stay together. You said that Caitlin and Sean wouldn't stay together. I mean, yeah, if you want to keep going back to the times that that it didn't work out against, uh, that I said it wouldn't work out, I, that's fine. But, you know. I think I have a I think I have a pretty good handle on Nick. I just gave you everything that happened this season uh in my podcast here and in detail in my episode by episode spoilers. So the the final thing to talk about in regards to the spoilers and what happened this season is going into the next season which is the Bachelorette. I made it known in the column today. You've got Rachel Lindsay, the first black contestant who's ever made the final 4. There's been 12 previous Bachelorettes. Every single one of them finished in the top four of their season. Now you've got a black girl who finished in the top four who's going to be well-liked. Uh, and I think that the audience will will take to, uh, I'm assuming, after years and years of this show being criticized mightily for lack of diversity on this show, now they finally got a black contestant that could be the lead of one of their shows. And I got to imagine it's going to happen. Unless Rachel doesn't want it, I have no idea. I, I would think that any girl in her position would at least seriously consider it. But I, I do think that, I mean, if we don't see Rachel as the Bachelorette next season, I, I, I highly, it's like, at what point will we see a black person then? Because it just, this is their girl. This is, they've got, they're finally got one where she's going to have enough of a story where the audience is invested in her. She's 31 years old, a successful lawyer in Dallas. What more do you need? So unless she doesn't want it, um, I mean, I think, or unless they pull somebody, a contestant from a past season, like they kind of did with Nick and surprised everybody. I mean, this is going to come down to Rachel and Raven. I think Raven is a, is a good candidate as well, but you know, Rachel has got the thing going for where let's face it. They've taken heat for, 13 years and 32 seasons, now 33, of not having a black lead. And they finally have their opportunity. So as good of as uh, as good of a candidate as I think Raven could be, this looks to be Rachel's gig uh, unless she doesn't want it. And I think the show uh, could easily go in that direction. But with that said, I, I, I can't possibly sit here and say with 100% confidence, oh, yeah, it's going to be Rachel. Because we what we've seen the last few seasons where they filmed Kayla's intro video and she was all set to be the Bachelorette and they go with JoJo. And then you have Luke who told a magazine after they announced Nick, I was set to leave on Monday morning to fly out there to be announced as the Bachelor and they called me the night before my flight and said they've gone in another direction. So... Anything that we're hearing towards the end of March, I literally until they physically announce it, I guess it's just it's still going to be up in the air because they like uh, going for the shock value now. But uh, Rachel, obviously a strong candidate, fits every check mark that they would want in a bachelorette. So you wonder if she doesn't get it, are they ever going to ca- ever going to cast 
a black lead. So those are your spoilers. Um, that's a lot of stuff to memorize over a podcast. If you're driving in your car or taking the train to work or subway or the bus, whatever they, however you're listening to me right now, I don't expect you to memorize all of it, but that was basically everything that happens this season in a little bit more of condensed form. If you want links to stuff, when I announce stuff, if you want pictures from some of the dates that you'll see later on this season, it's all in the episode by episode spoilers, which is posted today as well. You can follow me on Twitter at reality, Steve on Instagram, reality, Steve, my Facebook fan page, reality, Steve. We are now into the season. The season is officially underway and I will be posting your regularly scheduled podcasts every Thursday. I will post my Dr. Reality Steve column. And then on Thursday, right after the Dr. Reality Steve column goes up, your podcast for the week will go up this week. I hope to have a guest. And basically, we will talk about the episode. I will talk to the guest, interview them a little bit. We'll do some reader emails. And I want to have at least one Dr. Reality Steve phone call because the biggest problem I've always had with Dr. Reality Steve is when people email me. And if you've read them, you know, it's tough to answer over email somebody with this long relationship question they have for me because I always have follow-up questions. At least if we do it over a Skype call, I can ask the questions right then as they're telling me something that might trigger me saying, wait a second, hey, wait, back up. Let's talk about this for a second. So I hope to have at least one Dr. Reality Steve call every week. I think that'd be great. I think it would definitely enhance the Dr. Reality Steve segment. So with that said, thank you for tuning in to podcast number five, number six, coming at you this Thursday with a special guest and hopefully, hopefully a Dr. Reality Steve caller. So if you are interested in being a caller to Dr. Reality Steve, notify me on email. And if you have access, all you need is access to Skype if you can. We can, uh, we can do it that way. But thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please rate and review and subscribe in iTunes. That would be appreciated as well. And we will talk to you this Thursday for Reality Steve podcast number six. Have a great day. Enjoy the premiere tonight, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.